This scene deals with the subject many fathers find so difficult, wet dreams and the explanation of physical intercourse in the marriage union. The boy might be as young as nine or as old as 14, and his age should govern the amount of detail given. As in the previous record, the comradeship between father and son is obvious. They share little man-to-man -man confidences, and the years have seen many small talks between them. Notice particularly three points in this recording. First, the unabashed normal use of such technical terms as penis and sperm. These flatter a boy's sense of responsibility. Next, the coupling of sex information with instruction on purity. Virtue is described not as something for sissies, but as a protecting armor the strong man throws around the God-given creative power in his body. Finally, the groping of the father for the right words, the lack of glibness, the occasional touches of humor, all indicate a natural approach that is true to life. All right. Uh, watch it. Uh, no, no, Bob. A good boxer never leaves with his right. Here, let's try it again. Don't leave yourself open, though. Okay, Dad. Uh, how's that? Oh, golly, time up. Golly, Dad, did I hurt you? Uh, no, no, but I don't like... I like that left hook of yours poking me where my waistline used to be. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're getting too fast for your old man to spar with anymore. Aw, oh, sissy, come on, Dad. Let's grab a Coke out of the icebox. That's a good idea. Yeah, let's take me to your room, what you say, huh? Oh, sure, why not? You know, your, your mother would give me the devil if she were home and saw me horsing around with you this yeah. way. Yeah, she says you're getting too old for sparring. Too old? At my age? Can you imagine? <laughs> Come on in, Dad. Have a chair. Yeah, thanks. No, take the easy chair, Dad. Now, listen, young fella, I'm not that old. <laughs> I think I will just the same. Here you are, Dad. This will make you feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> it's good. No, Bob, you're getting to be a pretty big fella. Yes, sir. Maybe this is a good idea. Chance for us to have a little talk. Why, sure, Dad. What's cooking? Yeah, uh, you mind if I smoke in your room? Oh, I know, Dad. Go ahead. Thanks. This is Richmond Soul Radio. And now our feature presentation. Welcome, one and all, to yet another thrilling edition of The Bob Show. Show, 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 show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. What do we know from? What can we take? Listen to what the sun is about to say. What do we know from? What can we take? Listen to what the sun is about to say.
And that is the late great sound of Northern Virginia Group 9353 with their tune, Industry. Come on. 
Sometimes I can be a little crazy for the Bob Show.
And that is Washington, D.C. go-go legend Chuck Brown with his classic. We need some money. From Canada, we are DOA with Class War. Larry Marshall was before that with his composition, Money Girl. And we started off that rousing block of music with Duke Ellington and his instrumental, Wall Street Whale. to tell me I was building a dream and so I followed the mob when there was earth to plow or guns to bear I was always there right on the job they used to tell me I was building a dream with peace and glory ahead Why should I be standing in line Just waiting for bread Once I built a railroad I made it run Made it race against time Once I built a railroad Now it's done, brother Can you spare a dime? Once I built a tower Up to the sun Brick and rivet and lime Once I built a tower Now it's done Brother, can you spare a dime? Once in khaki suits Gee, we look swell Full of that Yankee doodly dum. Half a million boots went slogging through hell, and I was the kid with the drum. Say, don't you remember? They called me Al. It was Al all the time. Why don't you remember? I'm your pal Say, buddy, can you spare a dime? Once in khaki suits Ah, gee, we look swell Full of that Yankee doodly-dum Half a million boots Went slogging through hell And I was the kid with a drum remember they called me Al it was Al all the time say don't you remember I'm your pal buddy can you spare a dime from 1932 that is Bing Crosby with Brother Can you spare a dime?
Well, a young man Ain't nothing in this world these days I said a young man Ain't nothing in this world these days In the old days 
When a young man was a strong man All the people stand back when a young man walked by Hi, my name is Daniel, and you're listening to the Boat Show.
funky goodness of Sir Joe Quarterman and Free Soul. 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 With the tune. I got so much trouble. In my mind. Before that, before that, before that, before that, we heard Mose Allison with Young Man Blues. Tawan's Tribesmen were before that with The Sound. And we started this all off with The Circle Jerks with When the Ship Hits the Fan. Here on The Bob Show. To your left, folks, is the Washington Monument. To your right, the White House. And over there, just beyond the Capitol, is the National Debt. There's something huge, red, white, and blue, that's grazing in D.C. It's gobbling up the taxes that are paid by you and me. It doesn't seem to notice we really can't afford the billions that it's costing us to pay its room and board. It doesn't roam, but seems content to dwell on Capitol Hill. As long as trucks keep pulling up with tons of greenback bills, we've got to feed the big guy. We really can't forget It has an awesome appetite Tyrannosaurus debt The debt was born in 1790 When our new government took over 75 million the colonies spent in the Revolutionary War We've gotta feed the monsters So it doesn't get upset It's got an awesome appetite Tyrannosaurus debt Alexander Hamilton, our first Secretary of the Treasury, he's on the tan, you know, wanted a federal debt to provide a reason to establish taxes to support our new nation. The debt was young, they kept it small, they didn't know back then. In 1812, another war would make it grow again. By 66, the Civil War had cost the nation millions. The government in Washington now had a debt of billions. The Civil War ran up a debt of almost $3 billion that still wasn't paid off by World War One. We're spending money we don't have, or so it would appear. The deficit is that amount we overspend each year. Though congressmen and senators make vows to cut its size, despite their honest efforts, the debt just seems to rise. Now the debt's over $4 trillion and still growing. A balanced budget would be great to spend within our means and stop the monster in its tracks before we bust our seams. It feeds on just the interest. Its appetite is wet. It never, ever stops to rest Tyrannosaurus debt. And this is the U.S. Treasury. It sells Treasury bonds, bills and notes, and savings bonds to finance the debt. The U.S. government promises to pay the owner interest plus the value of each bond at a future date. We've got to try to tame the debt and bring it down to size. To let it grow unchecked like this is certainly unwise. The debt's a monster problem that we really can't ignore. I guess we should be grateful that it's not a carnivore. We got to keep on servicing our trillion dollar pet. It's got a monster appetite, Tyrannosaurus debt. A fiscal misadventure with trillion dollar dentures, Tyrannosaurus debt. Feeding time is all the time. Ain't that the truth? And that is from Schoolhouse Rock Tyrannosaurus Debt. Oh, dear Lord. You made many, many poor people. 
I realize, of course, it's no shame to be poor, but it's no great honor either. So what would have been so terrible if I had a small fortune? If I were a rich man, all day long I bid a bid a bum. If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. If I were a bit of bit of rich, idle, little, idle, idle man, I'd build a big tall house with the rooms by the dozen. Right in the middle of the town A fine tin roof with a real wooden floors below There would be one long staircase just going up And one even longer coming down And one more leading nowhere just for show I'd fill my Yard with the chicks and turkeys and geese and ducks for the town to see and hear. Squawking just as noisily as they can. And each will land like a trumpet on the ear. As if to say, here lives a wealthy man. If I were a rich man, all day long I'm If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. If I were a bit of rich, idle, diddle, diddle, diddle man. I see my wife, my golden, looking like a rich man's wife with a proper double chin. Supervising meals to her heart's delight. I see her putting on airs and strutting like a peacock. Oh, what a happy mood she's in. Screaming. The servants tonight. The most important man in town will come to fawn on me. They will ask me to advise them like a Solomon the wise. If you please, Rebetavia, pardon me, Rebetavia. Posing problems that would cross a rabbi's eyes. He had a dead, he had a dead, he had a dead, dead. And it won't make one bit of difference if I answer right or wrong. When you're rich, they think you really know. I were rich, I 
and have the time that I like to sit in the synagogue and pray And maybe have a seat by the eastern wall And I discuss the holy books with the learned men seven hours every day And that would be the sweetest thing of all If I were a rich man If I were a wealthy man I wouldn't have to work hard Lord who made the lion and the lamb You decreed I should be what I am Would it spoil some vast eternal plan? If I were a wealthy Nobody care when he die. Nobody. 
Sandy with Money Money. Millionaire was before that performed by Billy Childish and the Black Hands and from the movie Fiddler on the Roof. If I were a rich man.
It's the Jefferson Airplane with volunteers that does it for me. So you and I meet again. Remember that I wish each and every one of you every good thing. If ever I would stop thinking about music and politics, I would tell you that sometimes it's easier to desire and pursue the attention and admiration of a hundred strangers than it is to accept the love and loyalty of those closest to me. And I would tell you that sometimes I prefer to look at myself through someone else's eyes, eyes that aren't clouded with the tears of knowing what an asshole I can be as yours are. If ever I would stop thinking about music and politics, I might be able to listen in silence to your concerns, rather than hearing everything as an accusation or an indictment against me. And I would tell you that sometimes I use sex to avoid communication. It's the best escape when we're down on our luck. But I can express more emotions and laughter, anger, and let's fuck. If ever I would stop thinking about music and politics, if ever I would stop thinking about music and politics, if ever I would stop thinking about music and politics, if ever I would stop thinking about music and politics, If ever I would stop thinking about music and politics, I would tell you that I pooped in my own dog dish. And sometimes I would rather face not eating than face licking it clean and admitting when I'm selfish. And I tell you that I'm suffering from the worst type of loneliness, the loneliness of being misunderstood. stop thinking about music and politics, I would tell you that the personal revolution is far more difficult than the first step in any revolution. If ever I would stop thinking about music and politics, if ever I would stop thinking about music and politics, if ever I would stop thinking about music and politics. If ever I would stop thinking about music and politics. I would tell you that music is the expression of emotion and that politics is merely the decoy of perception.